You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Technically, I'm not uh, adept at these things, but uh, I see you push no the buttons. No, we had a That's false start, but we started off, and the music I couldn't hear it, and we want to hear Maxine Nightingale sing <laughs> that introduces right the uh, start of it. Mm. So, so, Greg, so, so don't talk. So it means we're on. You can talk. Yeah. Oh. I, I just said don't talk when the music's on yeah. because oh, the microphone is live. Because that's what Don people, used to do. Don used to say things it. about people that we were talking about oh, off air. Yeah. And he would just think that uh, the mics went on until the music stopped. Yeah. And he, we used to have to make eight or nine starts. He'd be saying people were this and that and using invective. Not that we mind using invective, mm. Greg. If it's only if it's in context, we don't swear just um, uh, gratuitously. No. No, fuck Not no, like don't do that. Uh, now, so, 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 so um, you have bought uh, with you, uh, you haven't bought, but this gentleman has arrived on his own, and you might have heard a us... Doyon. You, you might, a doyen. You might have heard us in the previous segment saying the first question I'll be asking hmm. him is... <laughs> does he spell, how does he spell his name? <laughs> and how does he pronounce it? Well, so, but you better tell everyone that he's a uh, highly acclaimed actor. He's screenwriter. This is, this is what it says He's from the uh, from the from producer the blurb, from the blurb. A high, highly high profile actor and writer, mm. twenty five year veteran mm. of has performed, written, and directed in all mediums of the industry. Yep. And he, uh, if I read out the you things can't. he's been, you can't. No, the, too long. He, too there's long. a raft. There's a cache. <laughs> a plethora. A plethora of things that he's been in, um, mainly for, uh, I think, Hector Crawford's network, mm. mainly the Crawford uh, well, factory of uh, industry, but we'll ask him about that. But his name he's is... been around uh, since I'm gonna before television. I'm going to have a crack at this. His yeah. name is John Orchik. I reckon that's pretty good. John, how did he go? Yeah, got it right, Sam, there absolutely. So, so, so it, I, I am intrigued by this. It says there's about seven different ways to spell your absolutely. name. Absolutely. Why does it say that? Oh, I have no idea, because they do. And there's seven different ways to pronounce it, and they do, and have all my life. But so it's, it's O-R-C-S-I-K. C-S-I-K, yeah. The C-S is a ch sound, and it's because it's Hungarian. Oh. Or Czech. Yeah, as in, say, C-Z would be Czechoslovakian. I but see. CS is Hungarian. Yeah. Did you get that, Greg? You got it. Or Yeah. yeah. Mm. You're fluent in Czechoslovakia. Of course. He just doesn't know Hungarian. Is there still a place <laughs> called Czechoslovakia? Well, doesn't it Bosnia-Herzegovina now? Because they used to say the Macedonian Marvel, uh, who was Peter Dacos, is now the Bosnian-Herzegovian Marvel. Right. No, oh. I don't know what I'm talking about. Now, John, thank you very much for coming in. <laughs> it's um, a pleasure. Uh, you, you, so you were predominantly, were you not? Worked for the the Crawford stable. Uh, he, or not? Well, yes and no. In the sense that I did one show that was six years long called Cop Shop. Yeah, and that was that was 
for that length of time. But I did a lot of other stuff like Homicide, Division 4, Matlock Police, Bluey. I know. And they, they, were, were, all all Crawford's, they yeah. were all Crawford's Well, But shows. Crawford's back in those days dominated television well, they were the production. Biggest, they were the biggest production company in Australia. Yeah. Uh, probably, you know, on a par still are. And yeah. did you meet Hector? Many, many times. Did you? And what was he a um, engaging man or a visionary, or was he, he was just? Uh, he was both, and all of those things. And and I also, sadly, because it was towards the end of her time, met Dorothy, his sister, who really was the 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 creator of the whole drama um, arm of Crawford Productions. And Hector was mainly into music, and was he? Yeah, That's beforehand, right. and he was a, he was a, he was a conductor, conductor. and really. Um, Music for the People, I think, was a show that was that was oh, on at one I stage, well, we, we which was his his idea again. But sold his sister out then, Dorothy. Well, well, oh, was it his wife? Dorothy, yeah. No, Dorothy was his sister. Yeah, but she had Parkinson's, and um, she eventually uh, passed away with that. But she was a lovely lady when I. She was sort of you know, by then no longer actively involved in stuff. Not so, by the time Cop Shop came along. But so probably. all those shows you mentioned, which are uh, 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 Homicide. Division 4, Matlock Police, uh, Cop Shop, Bluey, mm-hmm. probably Sullivan's is the only Sullivan's, one. Sullivan's, no, I did Sullivan's. No, yeah. but I was going to say, all those others were police-orientated yes. around the police force yeah. and crime, except, I was going to say, for Sullivan's. Sullivan's, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, that was their forte. They, yes. They, they, they did crime shows. And, John, when we think back to those shows, which we loved in that era, like... For example, Cop Shop, 1978, it started, didn't it? Yeah, or, yeah, 284. Yeah. yeah, 78, 284. So there's your six years. The, what well, would have been black and white, wouldn't it? And in its early days? Started off, I think, what, what, but what it went colour. Cop Shop. Yeah, it. it when, when did it start? 1978 to 1984. No, no, it was, wasn't it finished colour. in 1983. Black and white was bloody. What year did black and white come in? Uh, did colour come in? 70. Two. Oh, well, I stand to be no, correct. No, no. come on, John, I'd remember no, the it early colour. Ones. It was colour. I mean, I... Um, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is... 76, the, the, we reckon. But it wasn't uh, The doc over away. here says 75. Yeah. Okay, so Cop Shop was in colour. I mean, Division 4 I did in black and white. There some you of go. those episodes. Matlock Police, yep. I did some of black those episodes white. in black and white. Um, and Homicide, I think, was the first one of those shows to go mm. in colour. So, uh, but the, the production standards... Uh, John, that uh, that must be so glaring, and the way that they have changed since those years to what we see today. Well, if only they were better, I'd be delighted. But they're really, in a sense, not. Really, I, I don't think so. Um, I think it was a training ground. You know, a lot of the top people. Well, they're sort of getting around my age now, but directors, writers, and they're dropping off the twig as well but um they they all became i guess now the the fathers of what is australian television so the new generation of uh, producers directors uh, 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 screenwriters are coming through are they better no no not the ones i've met i don't think no i think they 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 everyone's so politically correct it's just a joke um, which, of course, didn't exist in Crawford's times. What existed was, hey, <laughs> you can't have this language after 8 or before 8.30 right. or whatever the time. But they were things drawn up by the networks. They mm. had nothing to do with the production company who said, well, we can do what we like after 8.30. Um, mm. So, John Orchick. That's me. Who were... Uh, no, I'm only just <laughs> yeah, saying just that. Say, that's right. The, uh, so, so, right. so who, of all the people you worked with 
uh, at all those different productions. What are some of the memorable things that uh, either went wrong or uh, you had uh, difficulty uh, working with certain people, if you want to mention their names, or you say, what are some of the things that uh, the management had to come down and say to you, now hang on a minute, you've got to get on with these people or have a professional working relationship with them anyhow, even if you don't like them. I was only actually... Any, any of that involved? <laughs> oh, a lot of it. But, I mean, funny stories. I mean, I loved working with, um, and I had worked with him before, uh, Crawford's with Peter Adams, who played JJ in that yeah. series. Yep. Um, Georgie Mallaby I'd worked with yes, uh, several Georgie. times. George Mallaby. He was... He I've was, heard him called he Georgie a, before. He was a good friend of mine. Yeah. A very good friend of mine. And, um, well, I was going to quit the show if it wasn't for George. Why? Well, I'd come out of essentially a theatre background and the television that I had done was episodic. In other words, I'd pop down here, I'd be there for two weeks, I'd be gone. Yeah. A few months later, I'm there again. You know, so, so I was not used to the pressure of actually getting six weeks' worth of scripts at a time yeah. and having to kind of go through that thing and then learn all these lines as you did in the theatre. And Georgie came to me one day and said, mate, come over for dinner. Nice and I want to see you. And um, I said, oh, mate, I've got time to bloody have dinner. I've got mountain of scripts and stuff to learn. And he went, oh, you come over. Anyway, he insisted. So I went over there and, and um, he said, now what's your problem? I said, no, I'm quitting the show. And he said, and I told him why. And he said, oh, no, look, mate, this is fucking easy. I'll show you how to do it. So he went through a system with me. And I have never learnt a line or a script since. Really? I had to learn. What was that? What did he show you? It's about knowing the story. Yes, I was just going to say. And knowing the story in fair detail. And the dialogue look after itself. Wow. So you so sort of you, you have the bones of what the... Not the bones, you have exactly what the story's about yep. and you have the bones of the dialogue yep. and you just ad-lib it just well, as though you're... Well, you sort of ad-lib it, but it's sort a funny... Easier to remember. But it's a funny thing is, is that I, I think it's kind of scientifically been proved that once you've read something three times, maybe four times, mm. you actually know it. What you have problem with is accessing the information because you don't believe you know it unless you mm. go through that old system of I've got to learn this by rote. So when you're filming a, an episode, if you like... How much, how, what period of time do you, uh, do they film before you run out of, uh, did they stop and start uh, and then Continue. top and tail uh, the editor sometimes, joins it together or do you have an idiot to sometimes have cue cards just, just to no, remind no, you? No, no, no so, just, so, off, so. just might be off, just off, just to I think you no. need to go to John's acting no. school. We're going to be yeah. into a, in we're a going, movie. We're going yeah, to yeah, go yeah, to We're no, going no, to be in a movie. Yeah, we're we're going, going to go to But I mean, no, no cue cards. Tafta. Is that where we're going? But I'll tell you what you, I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you, Sam, it's really... The, the, the whole thing is so simple, it's ridiculous um, in terms of knowing the story. And because you've read the entire script mm. two or three times and just read it, mm. haven't gone to any kind of like, oh, gee, I've got this speech here and I've got that speech there, just read it. 
and you actually have retained it, only you don't really know it or you don't believe it. So when you try to access that information, you go, oh, shit, I didn't learn it. What is it? Mm. Right? But in fact, you have, you know it. Yep. Now you know the story and you start the speech and bang, suddenly it all kind of happens. Yeah, you might ad-lib a few words here and there, Sam, but generally speaking, you probably stay 90% perfect. That's so great what, advice. what was the most uh, successful either for you or for the general public out there's show was it number 96 or cop shop or what <laughs> 96 <laughs> the film you had a lot to do no well i was just going to yeah, get on to both. 96 the film 96 was a pretty popular it was a very popular show was I, that the most popular or i don't cop think shop? cop shop was much popular no. yeah. what, what about what about the others like um uh, home and away and the box well, no, I was, I was, see, the box is the only one that it says you I weren't not part of. It. No, I wasn't. I wasn't in the box. Why? Um, I don't really know. You wouldn't take uh, your gear off or anything? No, I did that. Did you? Oh, yeah, I did that in number 96. Ooh. Oh, did you? What? Yes, several times. You have Ooh. to pixelate uh, anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <laughs> yes, yeah, no. How? But I did. Why did you take your gear off? Because it was in the script. Well, I know that. What, do you think he just took his gear off just to frighten the shit out of the people on stage? Well, there was a bit of that. Yeah. But no, no, because of that, and it was in the script, but, I mean, it was all very funny. Elaine Lee, do you think she's Would no that be a closed with? set? Now, that would be a stupid thing because if you've got a closed set while you're making it and then it's broadcast, it's hardly need a closed set. Mm. Well, I mean... No, but I mean on television, I guess. Um, and it was only sixteen-inch televisions in those days, so you had to be, <laughs> had to be very careful. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> but we managed it. You know, it was all right. Was that channel? The old Channel Ten. Yeah, yeah, in Sydney. No, no, oh, no, no Sydney. Sydney Ninety-six yeah. was in Sydney. It was shot up there. Yeah, and um, was it was it. Well, was a good remuneration for doing all this? Not really. Not really? Not compared. That's the only difference today is the money comparatively is much more. I got paid very well on Cop Shop and Paula did as well. And we were the highest two actors paid on Cop Shop. But um, I guess we also drew most of the publicity. So that was You didn't take your gear off to attract Paula, did you? Because you end up marrying... Not in the show, no. Paula Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the show, no. Fair enough, John. Ironically, that was the time you were courting, isn't it? You were both in Cop Shop together and got married during Cop Shop, I think We did, actually, the year before. um, Two years before. Yeah, Mm. a year before it finished. And then, yeah, Paula got pregnant. (laughs) My daughter's just had a 40th birthday. Wow. Wow. Is your daughter in No, she's acting? in LA. She's, yeah, she's does she uh, do acting? Is yeah, she yeah, yeah. She's a production actor. company over there. and um, Got a production company? Yeah, and she's got a school over there, which is aligned to mine here. Yeah. That's, so, that's TAFTA, mm. the Australian Film and Television Academy. Correct. And it says here you started that. I did. Yeah, Greg said, yeah. I don't think he started. Yes, I did. Oh, I no, you, you didn't. And I'll tell you how. It sounds so very official. Yeah. That no, sounds like I'll a tell government you, I body. I started it and it was 19, January 1994. So we're 31 years this year. <laughs> and it happened. It's a funny story, I'll tell you. Paula and I had split up in Sydney, right? And then she rang me one day and said, I got a gig. Um, 
there's a show called Paradise Beach that want me to offered me a year's contract, um, but it's being shot up in Surface Paradise. So I'm going up there, and I said, okay, well, good luck, you know. I said I'll pop up every now and again because she just just was only like eight years of age at that time. And um, anyway, she goes up. She's gone three weeks, maybe. And I get a call from my agent who says, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, well, okay, fuck the bloody bad news. What's the good news? <laughs> he said, well, the good news is that Paradise Beach has offered you a three-month hmm. deal to come up there as a guest for three months. And I said, so, fantastic, great. I get to see my daughter. I said, so what's the bad news? They want you to play Paula's love interest. <laughs> oh. So, so the, the devil made me do Beautiful. it. You know? Yeah, wow. <laughs> Love it. So, and then when I got up there, the two guys that were running, um, not just the show, the producers of the show, but they were also running the, um, the, the studios up there, Nick McMahon um, and Nick, who sadly passed away about three years, four years ago, and said, mate, I heard that you do some teaching, which I was doing by then. And um, he said, could you run a few classes here? He said, we're actually importing 50 worders from Sydney. Now, 50 worders is just that. You've got 50 words, no more, no less. That's what you're getting paid for. In the States, they're called a daily. Gee. Now, you're not going to be there for long or you could be there all day. It depends. But that's all you've got. And your, your fee and your remuneration was like one day's work. And I went, yeah. And that's how TAFTA was born. It, I started doing it and then there was Tony Bonner was up there and mm -hmm. not in the show at the time at, and, and uh, a whole bunch of guys. Um, so I started putting it together. I started teaching and we started to get people in. So, and so and any minute, is Tefta Is Tefta a... Can anyone apply or or, yeah. or enroll to come and Absolutely. see if they've got the talent or the... Wherewithal to be Anyone. a uh, so you must be inundated with hundreds of people who want to be here. Uh, Andy Warhol's fifteen. Well, we do, and I have seconds uh, of fame and overnight. And I've got and I've got quite a few people. Um, so, what do you look for when you if someone comes in? You can tell straight away, can you, if uh, they're any going to be any good or not? No. No, you can't. Not really. Um, they've got to be there for a while. I mean, you can look. There are two things you think, yeah. Gee, you're uh, a stunning girl or you're a really good-looking bloke. Mm. Okay, there's a niche, mm. right? So, But apart from that, whether they're actually any good or not, it, and that depends on how hard they work and how hard they really want something. Some people expect it to just happen. So, John, just if I may, just... Yeah. I... I so the stunning-looking women and the good-looking blokes, but the people that are supports, the overweight, the short, the aesthetically unattractive people, men and women, they are just as important. I often watch films and think, you see the main people, but you see the people who are their supports, you think... They are actors and they've gone to a school and people who write films and want them to be, they say, we need these type of people to make the film look realistic mm, and totally credible. Ex totally. Talking about totally, extras. Totally. Well, I'm not really talking about extras. I'm talking about, well, but yeah, the, real, the people no, who play a yeah. prominent role in it. And they do. Are, and uh, there's a lot. And you need them because we're talking about ordinary people here, for yeah. Christ's sake, mm. you know, uh, most television and film. Okay, you might have a star here and there, but, uh, but therefore they've earned that generally. Yes. Yes, you've earned John. That, you know, there would be there along. would be uh, people listening now who have uh, children who uh, they know the children want to be an actor or an actress. It's, it's all they're all actors now, aren't they? Um, how old 
how old before they can come to your school? Uh, I really don't like them coming to us much under 11, 12. Yep. Uh, only because I think, you know, you've got to let kids be kids. Yes. And because sometimes you get um, rather overbearing mums, on a very odd occasion dads, but mums go, and they kind of want to live their fantasies out through their kids. So mm. they become mm. these big stage mothers yes. and... Um, I don't have much time for that. No, no I've got just, just three. Where is it that they go to? Brunswick, is that? No, is that yeah, Brunswick, yeah. Brunswick. We're in Dawson Street. You've got one in, in Sydney, though, too, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and we, we, also run, we also run workshops and classes in Queensland and South God. Australia and Adelaide. And, and also how do people find them? I just look up the website. For, for the uh, TAFTA? Yeah, yeah, it's all on the website. T-A-F-T-A, T-A-F-T-A TAFTA. Beautiful. So now, John, this When are we going, Sam, for when we're oh, in the movie? Don't worry. I, Jesus, I you guys are good enough with bullshit. You don't need yeah. me. <laughs> so this mightn't be in your purview, John, but I've always been interested in uh, these three things. Sex scenes in... I, I'm just... If you're a writer or in sex scenes, in the sex scenes we see today, do... They're pretty raunchy. Do actually people end up having sex? Not that I know of. Not actually physically doing it to make no. it realistic? Not that I know of. Would that be allowed on set or are they, yeah. were there pretty strict rules about that sort of Sam, stuff? Sam, quite often they're body doubles. They're not even the people. Are they? So they'll look for a, they'll well, look they for a body sex, double. they have sex, the body doubles? <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, but no, but they do get body doubles. Sometimes I'll say yes, um... Women in particular say, I'll take my top off and that's it. Mm. Um, Pretty hard to have a body double if you've got the woman's face there and they've taken their top off though, isn't it? Pretty, you could see that it's not the woman. Okay, can you, because I know who did it, I don't know if you can go back to Game of Thrones, Mm. Walk of Shame, that was a body double, that was not her. Oh, really? Yeah. So, okay, so that's that. So (laughs) this this is right off left field, but... When you see, and this is not... Yeah, go on. When you see in, in um, people taking drugs and they've got lines of what looks like coke there and they snort it up and they... What do they actually snort? Don't, surely don't... What do they snort <laughs> no, up? they don't snort no, but up what do, they, what, what do they snort? You look at it and you think, what are they doing? What well, do they snort quite up? Quite often it's been something like um, icing sugar. Is it? So that... Yeah, I see. Uh, because that doesn't do you any harm. I mean, you can blow it, you know, it's yeah. sugar. And it, uh, it melts, disappears. Pretty, um, pretty simple questions, these, aren't they? And the final thing is, and it might apply to you, might not, if you are in a torrid love scene with someone on set, is it very hard to uh, completely oh. withdraw oh. yourself... <laughs> When you're away from it, or do Can a you lot rephrase of that? Oh God! I thought he's going to mention Errol <laughs> no, Flynn okay. here. No, go on, go on. Is it very hard to for for people who are uh, charged with having a love scene, and then when they uh, finish this uh, s- s- filming, and uh, is it very hard to uh, not actually think that it was f- f- vaguely real, and uh, do a lot of relationships start as? Uh, roles that they play in movies well they yes some do but more finish more finish relationships finish than start but i mean you don't look can't put you this way having done not anymore i'm too old for that shit now but um a lot of those sex scenes in those 
particularly in number 96 and a couple of other shows, um, you don't think about it, mm. really. It's kind of like it's it's a job and you don't think twice about it. I mean, one of the funniest mornings I've had was... Do you wear a pouch? No. Like a little thing over no. the little thing? No, it depends on what they want to see. What, in case you get a heart on? What are you talking no, about? No, more to cover it up, like the old fig leaf, you know. like a, a, Isn't there a skin-coloured pouch that... You there probably is. I never used to get one. But what, what would you wear? Depends on how you shoot it, mate. You only worry about what's going on the fucking the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you? I'm just saying. What were you saying then? Just you were know, talking about the sex. No. The yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a. But no, I had one very funny one, which was hysterical. I remember it was a. I can't remember the bloody movie was called now. Something about Edge. Anyhow, arriving at White Bay, which is studios in Sydney, at six o'clock or in the morning and um, going in thinking I was going to do uh, a particular scene that day and I walked into makeup and the director was there and I remember he's a French guy called Henri Saffron. He said, good morning, Jean. And I said, good morning, Henri. And he said, oh, by the way, have you met? And then he turned around and this actress came in and he said, have you met uh, whatever her name was? I said, no, how do you do? Nice to meet you. She says, good. Well, we are going to do the sex scene first this morning. <laughs> I said, what, now? He says, yeah, don't bother going to make up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, right, Henry, no worries. And you'd read the script, so you knew exactly well, what was going to We shook hands, happen. took our clothes off and went, to, and went shooting. Jeez. So, so, so when you, that's a very good thing, point you make, because when you watch a film, you just think it's all done in sequence and it starts off, but they do the sex scene... First, and that might, that might come in an hour They're and a half into the film very or true. The four reason, episodes yeah. later. Uh, the, the reason that's done, Sam, is that they think this is going to be an awkward scene, maybe. Maybe. I don't know the actors very well. Do they know each other? Whatever. So they go, let's get this out of the way. They shoot that mm. first. Now, if it works, great, we've got it. If it doesn't work, it gets reshot at the end of the show. Yeah, they give them time to get... Yeah, familiar to know each with other, one another. and then, yeah. and then. But generally speaking, it works first time round because nobody really cares. I don't think. Now, I remember Elaine Lee, darling thing. She's um, no longer with us on number ninety six. She said to me as so we got into bed and naked, and she said, "Darling, just put your hand over the fat bits." <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Now, are you a devotee of? Um Overseas series or uh, films or uh, um, the odd ones uh, here and there. So, uh, I, I only ask you this. I'm fascinated in how they. Do you ever watch a thing called Suits? Yes. Uh, how how that seems to me to be extraordinarily clever how they do all that. It's or is that just pretty? No, no, no. It's very clever. Stuff? I think the writing part of it is the most clever. That's extraordinary. Part. Because then they would take some research, but there would be an amazing team yeah. that would be putting that together. There would be a head writer, of course, but, I mean, there would be a team putting... And the same sort of thing happens here in series. There is a team. Even in Crawford's days, there was a team, if mm. you like. I might have... Because I wrote a lot of scripts for Crawford's. Um, I wrote Dibby Fours and Matlocks, and I also wrote four episodes of Cop Shop. Um, what an incredible talent. Yeah, what is the main tenet of writing... Being a writer for a uh, for an episode or a series, what is it to keep people tantalised at the end of the f episode so that they must watch the next episode? Well, that's, or? Yeah, that's that's kind of like the, the the structure or the format, if you like. Today it's different because you are not writing for 
the one-hour structure mm. that used to be television, mm. right? Because now it's streaming, it's going Seriously. everywhere. So <clears throat> the structure used to be, you know, you had a teaser that had to be between zero and four or five minutes and then from the teaser to the 15-minute mark, from the 15-minute mark to the 30-minute mark. Now, the 30-minute mark was the most important moment. That's where you had to have a big red herring or yeah. something happening. Yeah. This is all for ratings, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, because people used to watch television on the half hour or the yeah. hour. So if you didn't like something, you might have said, ah, oh, look, I'll see it through until this other show comes yeah. on, which is in 10 minutes' time. Mm. So you had to then get a hook at the half hour mark, and that used to have to be a big hook. Gee. Um, but it's the same with streaming these days. There's always an ending that makes you want to watch the next one. Well, oh, I think I'll only watch one more before I go to bed, and then all of a sudden yeah. you've, you've well, binge that, watched. That's kind of that's kind of what what television is is all about. It won't make you you want to come back and yeah. watch the next episode. Yeah, because we're selling cornflakes or something. Yeah. So is there a uh, huge industry of egos going on here, or prima donnas, or? Do you find generally people are generous with uh, who they're working with or they don't want to take the limelight or they do or people who are difficult or rude or... There's the odd ones. You'll find probably the so-called overseas... I'll call them middle star is the biggest pain in the ass because they think they're a real star but they're actually not. They've attained a certain notoriety and a certain level but... They're really there, but the really top guys are up there. I've never, ever, and I've worked with a few, like Peter Graves, for example. Yep. Peter was the most generous, wonderful Mission guy Impossible. Mission Impossible, because mm-hmm. I did a couple of episodes of those. I know. It's, I yeah. saw, I've got that and, here. <laughs> yeah. And um, he, was, he, was, he was terrific, great guy. Yeah. But there were a couple of actors in the, the Australian ones underneath him who were... Hmm. I'm going back to my Winnie Baker... I know. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You know, and off you go. Back to the... John, it would be remiss if we didn't ask you about the state of the uh, film industry in Australia at the moment. I know they're doing a lot of it in Queensland. They're offering a lot of incentives for us to shoot movies up there. They're doing them here in Docklands, for example. I, I watched something um, uh, uh, just the other day and there they were running around the, the, the Yarra River. Um, uh, uh, what was they're shooting stuff here They're shooting stuff here They're shooting st- Look Put it to you this way I actually haven't had that much to do with it What I have had is um, Looking at scripts that come in Because I get a lot of people that come to me for um, um, Sorry John The no, dog farted for it. the I table. know See, Jesus Mate you got to be like terrible Can't you be like the Queen And just oh. fucking ignore what the Corgi does for oh. Christ's sake Might have been John It wasn't <laughs> Couldn't no one could be that. I, I, I to be the dog. He would have left the must room. Must have gone me. across. Oh. I can't. Usually, I'm pretty sharp, but then it's no aroma come my side. Oh. Thank gosh. Pernicious Jeez. effluvia. Yeah. Right, but where were we? I, I, yeah, yeah. Bit before that, what did you say? No, no. <laughs> Don't blame the dog. That was on. the dog. It had to be the dog. Nothing can <laughs> smell that bad. For Christ's sake, shit. Oh. That's like thing. the bloke uh, Dennis Lilly tells this. He was uh, when he was uh, riding in the carriage with the Queen down uh, after the, they'd been received, having won the Ashes. There, they got a ride in the with the Queen in the carriage, and they're dr- going down one of the streets by the palace, and one of the draft horses, that was, or one of the horses, was pulling the carriage did a tremendous fast. <laughs> And the Queen said, I am so sorry, I do apologise. And Dennis said, oh, that's all right, my lady. He said, I thought it was the horse. 
It's, Chung, a good, it's a good story Chung, anyway, yeah. Sam. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that's a so story. how are we at, at making pictures here in Melbourne or in Queensland, in Australia? How do we how do we go? Once it, well, don't forget the very first motion picture was made in Australia. The old Ned Kelly one back there was way back. Way back. Uh, there, look, I think we used to make some terrific movies, but as I say, it comes back to the scripts. I see bits and pieces of scripts that come in because I have people come to me for coaching, for mm-hmm. advice, for shooting their scenes, for uh, audition purposes and stuff like that. And um, I've been totally unimpressed with most of the scripts. As mm-hmm. I said, you mentioned it earlier on, Sam, when you were talking about this, everything is woke-driven, mm-hmm. which yep. is just a lot of crap. Mm. Mm. Quite frankly, how has that filtered into the movie industry? Totally. Oh, it, abs- yeah. I know totally. this. There's a there's a now a list of things that you have to have in films. I know this. So I'm not telling you your yeah. business, but uh, it has to have a partially partially marginalised disabled person. Uh, have to have a quota of those people. Not not necessarily in the film, but on set. You have to have the diverse and. Uh, equitable and um, uh, inclusive people of race and you have to have age and it has to there is a whole list yeah. of things what's that you have to uh, have to attain in order to get the right. funding no, no you're right sam but what's happened is as a result of that is storytelling's gone out the bloody window yeah. i've got a story to tell but i can't tell my story because it doesn't include all those bloody people yes it just includes a dog and a kid mm. for example Oh, oh, yeah, but what, a dog's game maybe. Who knows? Mm. I mean, you know, it, it's, that's, that's what I see, the writing element. Not the act, the actors coming out from everywhere, not just from my school, but all over the place are really fantastic. Mm. And the older guys are still around, they're still working. They're that's really one good. of the beautiful things, isn't it? As the, uh, as the great actors get older, there's always a part for an old but, actor. Yeah, like me. <laughs> well, and the stuff that you're doing uh, now is fantastic. But yeah, no, you know, I've, yeah, I do, you know, but I mean, it, the writing part is is something that I've taken a lot more to, and but I, but because of the school, I haven't had as much time. But now I'm having just a little bit more time, and I've part of one of my courses is um, on sitcom, and I've I've written so far two episodes of a of a sitcom, which actually is about as unwokish as you can get. It insults almost everybody. Actually, it's insulted almost everybody. Um, could be the one we're in, Sam. Sam has. Could, could be. I'm trying to find... I'm just trying to find while you're talking. Uh, they changed um, um, They changed the rating of a film um, uh, to cover the wokeness. I'm just trying to <laughs> push that, on. It's there somewhere, you know. But yeah. And, John, currently, you, you, are you doing a pilot for the ABC? Did I see that somewhere? No. No. No, that. I don't know. That's um, a good question. No, I'm not. No, what I've shown is these two two episodes of a, this uh, sitcom series that mm. I'm working on and rehearsing at the moment that Glenn is Glenn going Middleton. to produce, yes, yes. that he's going to produce. Um, so hopefully next week you'll come and have a look at a run that we've got of one of the episodes. Wow. And, but, yeah, but it is funny, but I just decided to have a crack at all that mm. and everything, Good. and it's absurdity, and it is an absurd piece. But then, isn't comedy meant to be taking something serious and pushing it to the x limit? Yes. Therefore, it becomes absurd, <clears throat> and it is an absurdist thing. Um, 
I, I love it. How could you ever know? It just might turn out to be another Crocodile Dundee or the castle. I mean, they wouldn't have known when they made the castle that it was going to turn out as successful and no, iconic. They, as no, it. they didn't, and, and rightly so. But, I mean, the, you know, nothing ever does. You don't know it. You, know? Yeah, you don't know. You just don't know. I don't think you do. So you just do it and then hope for the best, maybe, or don't even hope for the best. Do it. <laughs> do it for a different reason altogether, and yeah. it just gets done. So yeah. what? What are your? What is? What turns you on when you watch? Your, what films? We're not getting back to sex scenes again. No, are we? no, no. But the ones that are true, are based on a true story, like um, um, Castaway. Castaway. <laughs> Get out of here. You got Tom Hanks and a ball. Yeah. Hidden hidden figures. The world's hidden figures about the black um, genius women who launched, helped launch the space program by calculating before computers. They were absolutely, that should be mandatory in every school to watch that. Talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh, They, the Three black women who were geniuses with um, figures and calculations, they, they ran the space program when Glenn was put into orbit for the first time. They, he wouldn't go, up in the, wouldn't go up into space until the woman had uh, 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 checked the computer, the IBM computer, which was as big as a house. Uh, right. That, so it's that Fantastic. about women. I mean, and they were marginalised. They weren't allowed to use the toilets. They had to... They weren't allowed to drink from the same coffee urn as the white people. It it was a fantastic film. Um, the one that uh, the the one about the war. Uh, the Which one? Hacksaw Ridge. A Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. What a what that what a here. film that that. It was uh, the world's fastest Indian. About the, the, the motorbike. Yeah, the world's fastest in the motorbike. Yeah, no, I didn't Anyhow. see that. But I mean, see, I go back to what you're talking about in terms of uh, race diversity. I go back to probably one of the, to me, one of the best ones made, which was way back by Spielberg, which was The Colour Purple, okay. which launched Whoopi Goldberg yep. as, as a young girl. Um, and it is a fantastic film. But see, someone like Spielberg can tell a story on film. Um, and so can a whole bunch of other people. But now I think the younger directors that I see, um, they're coming out and everybody's adhering to what you have to X, Y, Z. And they leave a lot to, to the viewer to assume, which I don't like. Sometimes, if I don't feel, Look, if a movie doesn't grab me in the first 30 minutes, I turn it off. Well, you know, it's the same thing. 30 minutes? Well, 15 minutes. It's got to be less than that. Yeah, about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I tell the guys who come to me and want coaching for auditioning, and they go, what's important? I say, the first seven seconds. Yeah. If you haven't grabbed the director or the producer yeah. in the first seven seconds, kiss it goodnight. Yeah. And I said, then the last 10 seconds, because if they actually watch you through, you've got to leave them something to remember. Mm. The Green Book... You seen the Green Book? No, I haven't. Wow, they should be mandatory for all schools. Mm. They're about race and um, racism. It's they're fantastic mm. because they're true, mm. true stories. Um, one movie, and I, and I know it's a bit controversial at the moment, but Rust. Your thoughts? How could how could uh, someone, Alec Baldwin? How could you shoot oh. someone on a set, like accidentally? Well, look, I actually that, don't they, know what. What kind are your of thoughts safety? about that? Well, I, I think they were a bunch of cowboys, um, in the real sense of the word, because, 
look, I tell you what the process is, at least the process that I've been through, and I've had a lot of guns on sets. And you don't touch the gun. You may have a dummy that is there and that you hold and whatever it is, but you don't actually fire anything or fire the weapon until eventually the the, the armourer comes along with the gun, he puts it on the table, he opens the gun right up, you see there's nothing in there, he says, look at it, you look at it, the person I'm firing at looks at it and everybody goes, okay. Then he puts the whole thing together and he says, this is... A blank fire, because you don't actually fire blanks at anyone either, because that can actually kill you. Mm. It's a blank fire, which means that all it does is just explode. Just uh, goes bang. Yeah, and the cartridge just explodes outwards, right? So, but nowadays you don't even have to do that. You no. can do all that digitally. You just point it. You don't even pull the trigger, no, you don't and they even just post produce and put all the bang that in. That happens. Yeah? But then in those days, that or not those even obviously currently they don't do that all the time. And then it goes in, and you never actually on set. If I was from here, I'm meant to, and the camera was say over Sam's shoulder, and I'm meant to be shooting him. Mm. I'm not aiming at him. I would be aiming that at gun the camera. there, towards the camera or between mm. the shoulder mm. and there. It would never ever go at the person. You never shoot at them or point it at them. Even with all those safety checks, mm. you just don't do it. So how those guys did it. That's what I mean, bunch of cowboys. Yeah. Um, a, a series of mistakes by a series of people. Well, they've sure. tried to smother it up because uh, it's politics comes into it. What would be the upshot? What would be the final upshot of that or not? Or just death by misadventure or something, will it? Or I guess. Yeah. That's what it'll be. But, I mean, it's not the first time that's happened. Isn't it? Uh, someone's been shot and killed on set. Oh. Uh, oh, God, I'm trying to remember who it was that. Before, very famous, very, very famous. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, as long as it's it. not us. But, but, no, no, but I'm, I'm saying that there, maybe, are, so many, there are so many safety checks, at least the ones them. that I've ever been involved in. Here, Crawford's, other shows or whatever, firing shotguns. Um, I mean, I did a thing a long time ago called uh, the the... the the hijacking of the Achille Loro, and that was a long, long time yes, ago. Yes, I saw that. I'm sure that you did. Carl Molden was in that. Carl Molden with a and in in that I had I was, nose. I was playing an, an Arab terrorist in that. Yep. And we had to fire an AK, uh, and it's a monster of a thing. Yeah. To shoot. Yeah. But the safety setup was incredible, and we were shooting three cameras. One was here, one was wide, and one was here. Mm. Um, and they were all locked in together, mm. and there's a screen in front of it that's so firing at towards the camera, and the screens in front of it were like... Um, because the, 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 the bits of particles that come out of it can blind you. Yes, even blanks. Um, yeah. yeah, even from blank fire. Yeah. So the screens are there to protect everybody from anything, and you can only use the screen once, and they're very expensive, because you've got all these pock marks in them after mm. one take. Move it, put another screen in. Make you go deaf as well, too. Oh, yeah, you, and that's the other thing, is you always have to have um, earplugs in. There's a bloke chatting in the pub. He said to do his mate, I've just bought a top-of-the-range hearing aid for $7,000. And the bloke said, what kind is it? He said, 1230 yeah. um, Anyhow... Um, <laughs> thank uh, you, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, John... <laughs> Orchik. That's it. You it's got it. It's been uh, delightful to... Sp- I know all... The, I grew up in all those um, 
series and uh, yeah, productions did, and Hector Crawford's But great, John's great making his stable. own now, Sam. He's I know. making his own. And uh, yes. we wish you continued Thank success. Thank you very much. And it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, chat with Thank you. Thank you, guys. And your next fun. two clients at... Uh, Tafta. It's going to be you guys. Yeah, we Could are. be us. Well, and well, if we, we haven't captivated you in seven seconds, give us the ass, mate. <laughs> Do us all a favour. I've got a turnstile at the front door. <laughs> yeah. So well, I just say, keep going. Well, um, we'll see you in the movies. All right, mate, you will. Right, thanks, many guys. thanks. John Orchick. You got it. Because you ain't